Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our, Our teaching team, team is made up of men and women, women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to, to expand, expand in faith, faith hope, and hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because, because they, they anchor us in something, something which can, can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Thanks, Kara. Um, Oliver, are you going to stand here for the story? Miss Becky reminded me that I am telling the story this morning. Now, I'll be honest, usually when I tell the kids' stories, I like to lay down on the floor because it's most comfortable. Um, today I'm gonna stand, and you guys are all in luck. It's a gospel reading, so you get to stand too. Thank you so much for standing with us. Um, this is John 21, one through 19, and it's from the message. So thank you, Becky, for an easy to read passage, at least. Um, <clears throat> after this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at the Tiberias Sea, the Sea of Galilee. This is how he did it, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the brothers Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter announced, I am going fishing. The rest of them replied, we're going with you. <laughs> they went out and got in the boat. They caught nothing that night. When the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to them, good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered, no. He said, throw the net off the right side of the boat and see what happens. They did what he said. All of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. Then the disciples, the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the master. When Simon Peter realized that it was the master, he threw on some clothes, clothes? For he was stripped for work and dove into the sea. The other disciples came in by boat, for they weren't far from land, a hundred yards or so, pulling along the net full of fish. When they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid with fish and bread cooking on it. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you've just caught. Simon Peter joined them and pulled the net to shore. 153 big fish. And even with all those fish, the net didn't rip. Jesus said, breakfast is ready. Not one of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the master. Jesus then took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had shown himself alive to the disciples since being raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you know I love you. Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. Then he said it a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that he asked for the third sign. Do you love me? So he answered, Master, you know everything there is to know. You've got to know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'm telling you the very truth now. When you were young, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wished. But when you get old, you'll have to stretch out your hands while someone else dresses you 
and takes you where you don't want to go. He said this to hint at the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God, and then he commanded, follow me. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Enoch. <laughs> I know that was like an epistle. It was a long one. I'm going to... Okay. Is that okay now? I need to borrow a music stand. Is it okay if I use this one? Just to put my notes on. I'll, I won't touch any of your papers, I promise. But they mind. Well, welcome. My name is Becky Patton, and I'm a part of the teaching team here at Genesis. And it's a privilege to get to stand here today, and it's a privilege to get to be with you. I'm kind of excited. Um, this passage, I know it was a really long one. Thank you for But I, you told the story, and I promise you we're not going to go through all of this. What we're going to do is probably only make it through a verse and a half. But it's a good to know the context, right, of the story. So I'm curious. Um, we started out last week. I think the, the thing I want to name right off the bat is um, I just want to name Steve's no longer here. And we need to notice that. We need to name things. It's important to name things because it helps us to understand where we are. So I'm going to start there. I think that's important to say. I, I feel incredibly honored to get to speak the week after he leaves just because I feel like there's something really special about the way Genesis has done this so well. And I, I mean that in a, the deepest part of my heart. Genesis has done a good job of caring for Genesis and also caring for sending out. And that's not something that is often done well. Somebody who has a lot of years of experience in the church, I haven't seen that done well. And you, I think Genesis did it well. So we need to name that about ourselves, and yay that we did that. Um, next, I think it's really important. I noticed last week, if you were here, Steve mentioned the fact that in that passage, they didn't name where they were at. That was the second time that the disciples had been met by Jesus. And, but we didn't know where it was at, right? And that was a big deal. And it was important for us to notice, and we asked a lot of questions about why we didn't know where they were at and why it wasn't named. But this week, we start out, and right away it says that they're at the Sea of, uh, sea of Galilee. Now, I'm curious. Why do you think it's important that we name, thing, name where we're at for this passage, possibly? Why might it be important to name where we're at? Other events have transpired at the Sea of Galilee in the Gospels? Absolutely well. Yeah. If you're going to go fishing, you do need a lake. And I also hear you need a pole or a net or something like that. I am not a fisherman. But yeah, you need a lake. Yeah. Oh, Kristen, yes. Isn't that interesting? They went back to where they've been before. You know, we, we know that, you guys, we know that, they're, that they were fishermen, right? They were fishermen. They knew how to fish. And they have been huddling and hidden in this place where they're afraid for their lives. And then suddenly, I love, and this is the reason I chose the message, is because Peter goes, I'm going fishing. You know, I mean, at some point, you can only hide for so long. You can only stay in the fear of what you don't know for so long. And suddenly, you have to return to something. And these fishermen were returning to a place that they knew. They, were, they knew fish. They knew they needed a lake. They knew that. That was something that was familiar to them. And I love that because 
Does anybody remember where Jesus actually called Peter and met Peter and called him to follow him? It's not a trick question. By the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> yeah. So he's actually returning to some place, not only that he used to work, but a place where he first met Jesus. And I think that that's, I think that's important. So let's just hold that. So I think it's important that in this text that we name where we're at. I love that they go fishing. Um, I think sometimes when we get trapped in something or we've been so long in something, not trapped, but necessarily we're just, we've been used to something being one way. It's so often we're waiting for the direction of where we need to be. And what I love here is Peter just steps out and goes, I'm going fishing. I'm going I'm to at least do something. And I think that the beauty of that is for all of us is giving ourselves permission to take a step. We don't, we don't, know. We don't know what the next step's going to be. We, let's, let's go fishing. And then they go out and they fish. And he says here, they threw their net out, and it, they didn't get anything. They got nothing all night long. Now, these are seasoned fishermen. They haven't been fishing for a couple of years. You know, they haven't been new, using that as their occupation for a couple of years, so they might have been a little rusty. But the reality is, is they didn't catch anything. And I do love the notation there that Peter was fishing naked. Is that how you fish? I'm not a fisherman. I don't know. But maybe I should go to the lake more often. I don't know. The, but it's interesting, he's back there fishing. The, and then the verse says, Jesus asks them, do you have anything for breakfast? Have you caught anything for breakfast? And they're like, no. He says, throw your net on the other side. Now, these are seasoned fishermen. Did they forget that there were two sides of the boat? Did they only have muscles that went one way? Here's the thing is, is I think sometimes... When you're so used to doing something in a certain way, we sometimes forget that there might be a different way to do it. So here's the thing I know. This last year, I've been in PT because, guess what? I don't walk right. Didn't know that. Didn't know that I walk with my right dominant hip. And what I'm doing is I'm injuring my left hip. And so I was having some foot problems, which I thought, all you have to do is fix my feet. And the PT is like, no, 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 we have to teach you how to walk again. And I'm like, I'm 61, I know how to walk. <laughs> and do you know what happened is she had to teach me how to use my left foot in a way that I didn't actually lean into my right hip. And that sounds silly, it sounds simple. It's hard work to retrain a brain that has been walking in one way and actually have to shift my hips. It's very minute, but it's actually what I'm finding is I'm finding more strength. I'm finding more ad agility. I am actually finding that I, my upper body can be stronger and I don't have to rely on that one way of doing it. And it, but it takes work and I need somebody to assist. And what's interesting is in this passage here, when it says throw that net, that word there in Hebrew, I mean in Greek is um, below, and Dan will correct me later, you guys, if you wanna know the real pronunciation, ask Dan. If you wanna stay for the story, I'll keep talking, okay? <laughs> um, but below, what it actually means to throw or let go of a thing without caring where it falls or be, and being uncertain of your results. 
And that's, those were Jesus' words. Those were Jesus' words to them. Is he says, will you cast, and that's where it sometimes gets, will you cast your net? Will you throw your net? Will you send it off? We don't really, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can interpret it, but what Jesus is really asking, will you do, you know how to do this, but will you throw this with uncertainty over there? Will you throw, you don't know what's going to happen. And I think a lot of times for us, that's hard. So I'm just curious. Is there ever been for you a time where you've been doing something a certain way and you suddenly go, oh, I need to think a different way or question it and go a different way? Has there ever been anything that you've ever had to do that with? A career? A career? Singing. Learning how to sing as an adult. I like that. A marriage? Church? Anything else? What? Can you say that again? Doing it the right way. Washing hands the right way. We've all had to relearn that, haven't we? And do you, re do you know what the right way is? Can you stand up and show us? Do you remember what it is? is you, do you, what do you do with your hands? You, keep, you rub them together for how long? The birthday song. Did everybody know that for the pandemic, we had to relearn how to wash our hands? That is so true. That is so true. We've had to. And it takes time. We, we need kindness to ourselves. I think of um, Black Lives Matter. You guys, we've had to learn how to think in a different way. And that's so important. I think about the LGBTQ. We have to learn how to think in a different way. We have to learn how to be with others in a different way. And that stretches muscles. That may be require casting our net over on the right side of the boat. Because guess what? We don't know what's there waiting for us. We don't know. We don't know. But there is something there. I think the other thing that I found very interesting in this is the next part of it where it says um, it's, it cast, they cast it off to the right side of the boat and see what happens. Now, this is one of, this is one of those geeky uh, things when you're studying the scripture. When you see a text and it says one thing in one version and another thing in another, and every version has a different way of interpreting it, here it says see what happens. A lot of, a lot of um, versions will say to find a catch. But here's the thing is, is we don't have a direct correlation to be able to say what that actually means. So they're trying, the translators are trying their best to give us some idea what we're trying to say there. And what it's really trying to say is um, it's to see, to see what happens. That, that whole term there means to see, to learn, to discover, to understand, and to find by chance what we may fall into. So... Will you cast your net? When Jesus says, cast your net and see what you'll find. It was like, maybe, maybe there's something you'll fall into. Maybe there's, I mean, Jesus, there's an invitation there. And what's so interesting about the right side of the boat 
is it actually represents the feminine. And it's, the bigger question is, will you receive? Will you receive? Versus, I want you to go get those. The invitation that Jesus was really offering to the disciples was, will you receive? So I'm curious, when we think about receiving, in a time where we don't, there's so much we don't know, what does receiving require of us? Letting go. Thanks, Pam. Ooh, yes, Michelle, vulnerability. Learning how to think in an inclusive way. Oh, Rexanne, thank you. I don't have that little thingy. So, online people, hi. We love you. We're glad you're here. Yeah. So, I'm curious. This is the third time we know, that Je we know of that Jesus has appeared to the disciples post-Easter. So, this is his third time. And the first two times, he met them behind closed doors, right? He could walk through walls, talk about superhero powers. I think there's something really cool about that. Can walk through doors, can walk through windows, whatever he wants. But this time he meets them outside in the open and what is he inviting them to? Breakfast. breakfast. What, what is breakfast? It's what? Fish and bread. It's a meal, right? It is. It's a table. Where did Jesus share a table with them before? The Last Supper. So here, the first time, and that was, that. the Last Supper was what? In an enclosed room. It was behind closed doors. And this meal is out in the open next to where they have their, they know how to do this job. And Jesus is inviting them to cast their nets in a new way, not throw away what they already know and they've experienced. Will you cast in a new way to see what you can experience? Which, are these the same fishermen as three years before, do you think? Why not? Why are they not the same people? Because of their experiences. Because their experiences have taught them. What? Their stories. And because of meeting Jesus. There's something that's happened that's changed them, right? And in changing them, maybe it's changed how they do the thing they know how to do. So... I wonder, Genesis, I just wonder, what if, what would happen when we cast our net in a different way? What will happen when we actually recognize, oh, we're being called to something that we're being called to that might be new? And I think when you cast your net in a way that you're trying to let go of something, it gives us permission and freedom to be able to 
grab hold of what needs to be drawn in and learned. So I, I have another question also. If we go, and I, I, I print mine in this, what we call geriatric font. It's so big. So I can't, I don't know what verse it is because that, that takes up way too much um, space. But further on down, and I'm not sure, it's probably, I'd say probably about verse 10 or 11, something like that. When Simon Peter realized it was the master, what does he do? He puts his clothes on. And then, he, yeah, because he, he must have been naked. I, that's all I can figure out. So, um, and then he jumps into the water, and he swims to shore. And he gets to shore, and when he gets to shore, it's really interesting. It says there, um, the other disciples came by the boat, but when they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid with fish and bread cooking. Now, what do you find intriguing about that? Or what feels troublesome about that, given the rest of the context? What in the heck was Jesus doing? Why was he asking them to go fish and bring fish in if he already had fish? Like, does that sound weird a little bit? Yeah, they're going to have more fish. Why do they need more fish if they've already got fish there? If Jesus already brought provisions, Jesus has fish and bread, why do you think they need more fish? Ooh, I like that, Will. Where Jesus invites us into abundance, where there's community that there's already bringing in. I'm so not repeating that exactly, but I'm, that's what you were saying, right? Yeah, there's there's abundance. There's enough for everyone. But it's also like their profession, right? Ooh, it's their profession. Say more. So they'd have provisions to be able to go and sell, and they'd be fine, because they have been hiding for a couple of weeks, probably not making much, right? It's hard to fish when you're inside a room. Yeah. So, that's, so it could have been provisions. Anything else you think of? Inviting them to participate. The gift and task. There's a gift from Jesus, but there's also a task he calls us to. He will give us our daily bread in the unknown. Boy, these are all so good. I think it's all this. Anything else somebody has that they want, they're, they're wanting to say? I love it. That's my favorite part. I wouldn't have to cook my own breakfast. Jesus is a cook, too. Short order. Yeah, I think it's all of this, but I think it's something for us to know, notice because just a couple verses further down, Jesus invites Peter to bring some of his fish, which I think is very telling in the whole story of this because there is something that's really important for Peter to know. That I don't think, I think the best way I'll tell this is, you know, do you remember this, this season? I think this was in the 70s, maybe 80s, when those What Would Jesus Do bracelets came out? Was, when was it? 
It was the 90s? Okay, okay, 90s. Excuse me, sorry. I lose a few years every once in a while. Okay, in the 90s, those bracelets came out. And do you remember when the bracelets came out and people used to, like, they would say things like, um, well, I don't know, what would Jesus do? And they'd snap these little bracelets, right? And that was, people would throw that at you all the time. And I remember this moment. I, I remember thinking, oh, those are really cool. That's great. You know, what would Jesus do? And then at one point, I just got downright mad. I was like, how the heck am I supposed to know what Jesus would do? But I began to ask myself, what would Becky do? If I'm made in the image of God and I bear God's image in me, I don't think God wants me to be Jesus. God wants me to be me with Jesus in me. And that became, that was so freeing, so freeing. And I remember every freaking bracelet I saw. And I'm, if you had one, God bless you. I'm glad you did. I hope you made great choices with it. But I'm here to tell you that the choices that you made need to come from inside of you, not from what Jesus did or who Jesus was. Jesus was great. I love Jesus. I love Jesus to my toes. But Jesus didn't come to show us to be like Jesus. Jesus came to ask us, will you be you with me in you? Will you be, will you, be you? And, and make, if you make mistakes, make mistakes. But here you need to know is who I am in you is bigger it's bigger than just about who I am. It's about who we are. So my wondering, and this is, this is a wondering. What if we gave ourselves permission to bring who we are? From casting our net and we bring who we are. And we get to the shore and we go, Oh, I get to add mine to this. And let's see what we create together and will to what you said in the fact of, oh, there's enough for all. There's enough for all. Let's invite people in because I guarantee you when we start inviting people in, what happens is they bring what they've got and guess what? There's more. They bring what they've got and there's more. And I just wonder if this passage is more about how we, when we come out of hard places, step into something, not fully knowing what it is, and we risk experiencing what's really alive in us, and what's alive in you, and what's alive in you. And when we bring it together, we experience more. Oh, we're going to stop there. Because <laughs> I just went over four minutes. I'm so sorry, Kara. But um, we're going to stop there. But I have a question for you. What is your abundance that's in you that is waiting for you to cast your net to the right side of the boat? and receive awareness. Because what's in you is good. What's in you is vital. And what's in you is needed in partnership with other people. 
Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscove.org.